0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
1: This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens and MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Morgan McLeod, Assistant Professor of Pediatrics and Internal Medicine at UMMC. Oral health is important for all ages, but it's especially important for our kids and teens. Hopefully, the healthy habits that they develop as kids will carry into adulthood. So today, we're going to be talking about oral health and all things teeth. So if you have any questions, please give us a call. We've got actually, it's a special guest today. It's my father, Dr. Dan McLeod, who is a recently retired dentist. And so I asked him to come on with us to help us with these discussions about oral health. And if you have any questions for the dentist, give us a call. 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can also send us an email to kids at mpbonline.org. So thank you for coming on with me today.
2: Well, thank you, Morgan. I'm tickled to be here.
1: So um, my this is my dad, again, Dan McLeod. He is a recently retired dentist after practicing for 33,
2: 33
1: years. Um, he practiced dental dentistry, and so he's very familiar. And if you have any questions, we would love to hear from you today. But I kind of wanted to just talk about some general stuff, because I feel like oral health is so important, and it's not something that we all know a ton about, and we always have questions for the dentist, mm-hmm. but... Nobody likes to go to the dentist, so here hopefully we can help you out and answer some of your questions that you may have. So some statistics that I found, that 40% of kids are going to have evidence of tooth decay by the time they reach kindergarten. So that is four out of every 10 kids. That is a lot of kids that already have evidence of tooth decay by the time they're in kindergarten. So we know that it's super important to make sure that we start taking care of our teeth as early as we can. That being said, the AAP, which is the American Academy of Pediatrics, has a pretty strong stance on that, and they recommend you getting your kid in to see the dentist within six months of getting your first, first tooth which sounds kind of crazy um, for, because for most kids that's going to be right around the time they turn one. Most kids are probably going to get teeth sometime around six months, nine months, something like that. So there's not too much that the dentist can do because they probably only have four or five teeth at that time. So tell us why they they do recommend getting them in so early. Why is that important?
2: Well, it's not so much uh, to address cavity issues or anything like that it's it's more to get them comfortable in the environment it's a very strange environment for adults but much less a child but uh, if My advice always to the parents was bring your children in with you and let them see that we're not the bad guy. You know, they're going to have fun. It's not uh, threatening to them. They can run around. They can play. They can have fun, and they get a prize when they're through. And so the next time they come back, it's a little easier for them to come in, and uh, they're they're not as guarded. And um, they can just kind of see when Mama or Daddy are in the chair, you know, that, that, that we're not killing them. They're they're really having fun. It's not painful, and and it just eases the transition.
1: And older siblings too. That's another one.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. absolutely.
1: because that they tend to relate maybe a little bit more to their siblings. Oh, they do. You
2: you'll have a, a five or a six year old in the chair, and you'll have a three year old or a two year old just standing right beside them, just you know, just totally immersed in the procedure, mm-hmm. watching it, and you know, that little sis or big sis, you know, just really helps to ease the transition.
1: Yeah, so not much necessarily tooth cleaning because they don't have a mouthful of teeth just yet, but more of just an introduction to the dentist, getting them comfortable so that hopefully the first time they go to the dentist is not going to be a scary and bad experience and they're not going to have actual procedures done in them. It's just going to be um, a general introduction to what happens.
2: Exactly. And I tell, parents will always ask me, you know, when, when do I need to bring my child in? And I'll tell them. Well, bring them with you and get them comfortable. But it seems that the magic age that I found in my 33 years of experience is around three, where a child will come in and and they you can reason with them and you can you know, tell them you know what we're going to do and and get them comfortable and they'll be fine. Below three, they tend to be a little more fearful if they haven't been exposed to the environment uh, a little bit you know so it's uh, three seems to be the magic age but I have seen them at um, 18 months Uh, you know they'll sit in mama's lap and lay back and whatever teeth they got they'll let us do it and and it just you know it's kind of a fun game for them Mm -hmm. you know so they they really get comfortable
1: we're talking today about oral health, and we have got Dennis Dan McLeod on with us today. And we would love to hear from you. So if you have any questions for the dentist, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 So one of the first things that we, we all think about with our teeth and problems that we get are cavities. Um, I would say that's probably the most common thing, and um, there are probably not many people out there who have not had a cavity. I am definitely not immune to cavities. Yes,
2: yeah, it's very rare that you see someone who hasn't had a cavity, but it does happen.
1: Yeah. yeah. So tell us about how do you get cavities, and so why is it important to brush our teeth?
2: Well, a cavity forms uh, from unremoved plaque that remains on a tooth and that uh, is subjected to a sugar exposure and sugar comes in so many different forms that people don't even realize but if that plaque is still on the tooth and the sugar attaches to the plaque it produces an acid and the acid erodes the enamel and, and eats a hole essentially in the tooth and that's that is decay
1: yeah and so why is it important that we brush our teeth to prevent cavities?
2: Well, the brushing the teeth is removing the plaque, you know, and, and there are some people who are better at than others. Some people u- utilize the, all the armamentarium that we have uh, being uh, toothbrushes, tooth flossing, um, those kind of things. And the, the better you are at removing the plaque, the less your incidence of cavities you will experience.
1: We're talking today about oral health, and if you have any questions for the dentist, or maybe some tips that you have found to help with your kids uh, protect their teeth and brushing their teeth, we would love to hear from you. So give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. So how often should you be brushing teeth? Because it can be a battle with a toddler, um, with a two-year-old, a three-year-old. And even as they get older, especially they want to be independent and they want to brush their own teeth. They don't want you to help. So it's it's not always a pleasant experience for parents um, helping their kids brush their teeth. So h- realistically, how often should they be brushing teeth?
2: Well, I would say a minimum, a morning and an evening. You know, if you can get the, the midday brushing in there, so be it. But most of the time, kids are in school and uh, that that becomes difficult but uh, a lot of children they mimic their parents and it's always a good thing to have them in there and when you're brushing your teeth and they get kind of curious and they want to participate in that and uh, you can teach them with a mirror you know and uh, sit there and show them how to brush their teeth and they make what they call disclosing tablets and it can be kind of a game with the with the child. You can brush your teeth and and spit out them the, the um, toothpaste and then you can say how you know how clean are your teeth and they'll say, "Oh, they look really pretty. you know and I say, "Well, okay, we'll take this tablet, chew this tablet up." and then spit it out. And the tablet will expose all the areas of plaque that were still on the tooth that was missed by the toothbrush. And then you can say, oh no, we missed this, and go back and, and then kind of teach them the proper way to brush and get a sequence you know, that you follow. I think as adults, we, we do that unconsciously, but, but with children, you need to have them not just hit here, hit there, make sure they hit everywhere.
1: Okay, I don't know that I was familiar with those tablets. So where would somebody get those?
2: You can get those at any any uh, drugstore. Huh, okay. Yeah, they're, they're called disclosing tablets.
1: Okay, okay. That's very interesting. So is there any advantage, do you think, to an electronic toothbrush? Because I know a lot of people have questions about those, and they're um, constantly coming out with new different types of electronic toothbrushes, some that will cut off when it's time, when you probably brush long enough, and all the different fancy things they have for those toothbrushes now. So is there any advantage to just a regular old toothbrush versus an electronic toothbrush?
2: Yes, uh, especially the rotary um, electric toothbrushes are particularly good. And um, in dental school, they taught us that uh, toothpaste does not clean your teeth. The, the toothbrush cleans your tooth. It's the mechanical action of bristles on the uh, the tooth. So you don't really need toothpaste per se. But uh, if you will use a mechanical brush, you get better coverage. It's more like the Profi uh, cups that we use in the office. Very similar uh, rotation that it uses. If you're comfortable using a brush, there's nothing wrong with using a brush. Just just use a soft to medium. Do not use a hard. Bristle toothbrush, Uh, but um, yes, there are advantages. I think as far as uh, coverage and and how how well it cleans. Now, water picks. People may be familiar with that, and water picks are helpful in that um, it's a device that has like a little pulsating water wine that you put on your teeth and and it is not so helpful for removing plaque it will remove food debris very very helpful if parents have children who um, are in orthodontic braces it removes a lot of uh, food debris that the braces accumulate but uh, does not take the place of brushing teeth they're wonderful adjuncts but uh uh, you need to brush your teeth, be it with a toothbrush or be it with a uh, electronic toothbrush.
1: So we're talking today about oral health. We've got dentist Dan McLeod on with us. So if you have any questions for the dentist, please give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. And we'll take a quick break and be back.
0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
1: This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Morgan McLeod, Assistant Professor of Pediatrics and Internal Medicine. Today we have a special guest on who is actually my father, Dr. Dan McLeod. He is a recently retired dentist after many, many years of practice. And so I asked him to come on with us today to help us talk about oral health and the importance of it and answer any of your dental questions. Uh, we would love to hear from you, so give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 7464 Or you can also send us an email to kids at mpbonline.org. So we were talking earlier about how we get cavities and why it's important to brush teeth and how we prevent the plaque buildup and the development of cavities. But let's talk a little bit about toothpaste and fluoride, because I feel like that is um, a big topic, and the importance of fluoride can't be stressed enough. Um, in fact, there are some pediatricians that actually apply fluoride to kids' teeth in the clinic. Um, and. We don't personally do that at our clinic, but I know there's lots of pediatric clinics around town and throughout the, the state and country that do that in their own clinic. Because um, fluoride is very important in protecting your teeth and preve- in the prevention of cavities and tooth disease. So tell us a little bit about what fluoride does and why it's important to make sure your toothpaste has it and why it's important that it's in our drinking water, too.
2: Well... Fluoride strengthens the enamel, essentially, is what what it does. And uh, it was introduced into the drinking uh, uh, water supply here um, several, several decades ago, and it made a dramatic difference in the uh, incidence of, of cavities that uh, appeared in the mouth because what happens is the the fluoride that is in the water or the fluoride that is in the toothpaste that you use uh... chemically bonds to the enamel and makes it stronger than the uh... the original uh... tooth and when uh... teeth are forming they have a calcium hydroxylate and the iron, the, uh, the hydroxylate iron, is replaced by the fluoride ion, and the fluoride makes it a, a much, much stronger, um, tooth to to resist that.
1: So, what what exactly is enamel? When you were saying it makes the enamel stronger. Well,
2: if you look in the mirror and smile, and the white that you see, that's enamel. Okay. Uh, enamel makes up a small uh, portion of the tooth. The majority of the tooth is right below the enamel, and it's called the dentin, and it is alive. And at the very center of the tooth is the nerve, the pulp. That is the nerve. So the, the progress of decay making its way through enamel, enamel is very, very hard, especially if you had fluoride growing up in your water and you brush your teeth with the ADA approved uh, toothpaste and most all of them will have a formulation of uh, fluoride in there and it will it'll strengthen your teeth. But once it makes its way through the enamel, it hits the dentin. And it's a good run from the dentin to the pulp, but the difference is the, the dentin is soft. And I, I tell folks, you know, it takes a long time to get through the enamel, but once it gets into that dentin, it's like a hot knife going through butter. Mm-hmm. So if you don't arrest the decay at that point and, and address it, and when your dentist tells you you've got a cavity, I can see it on this x-ray, I can see it in your mouth, we need to do this. And when you take those x-rays, you can see the depth of the decay and how close it's, how proximity to the pulp.
1: And that's why when you haven't taken care of your teeth and you eat something cold, it, it hurts so bad because you're, you've lost that enamel and that protection to your teeth. Absolutely. All right, we'll go to our caller, Elizabeth. Thank you for calling today.
0: Yes. I'd, I'd like to know why a child would get brown spots on their permanent teeth.
2: Well, that's, that's usually uh, a form uh, when the tooth was forming. That's usually a product of, of that. Uh, did, where, where did the child grow up? Uh,
0: Franklin County.
2: Do you know if there was fluoridation in the uh, water supply?
0: I don't know that. Um, now, a dentist has told my daughter that it was the cause of too much fluoride.
2: Well, uh, dental fluorosis, which is uh, uh, too much fluoride, will give you brown teeth. Uh, it, it will. They're your teeth generally will have a brown appearance to them, not so much the spotting, but, but the teeth themselves. But that is, um, has he experienced much decay?
0: Not yet.
2: Okay. How old is the child? She's 11. 11? Well, then it probably is some um, hyperfluorosis where it's just a little extra fluoride that has caused that. Now, there are... There are things that you can do cosmetically to, to hide and uh, diminish the, the brownness of the tooth. Uh, but it's probably an indication that uh, she's going to have some pretty strong teeth.
1: There are also some medications that can cause some discoloration. Absolutely. If you, absolutely. There's, a, there's some certain antibiotics that we use pretty commonly in adults, but we also have to avoid in kids because uh, it can cause some discoloration to the teeth.
2: Tetracycline mm-hmm. is, is a very uh, prominent player in, in that scenario there. You see a lot of adults now that come in and they've got uh, – Bands on their teeth, brown bands on their teeth, and and mottled appearance and just discoloration. And then you find out did you have trouble when you were a child with ear problems and uh, what kind of medication, antibiotics, were you taking? And they were taking mm-hmm. tetracycline, yeah. and that's that, that's a big player.
1: Yeah. So, but uh, there's most pediatricians now know that to avoid those medicines. So uh, most likely, it probably is the too much fluoride.
2: Yeah, yeah, this this is seen, what I'm talking about with the tetracycline staining is mostly in adults. I think probably you, you have a little hyperfluorosis going on there. Okay,
0: thank you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for your call. We're talking today about oral health, and we have dentist Dr. Dan McLeod on with us. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions for the dentist, give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's one 672 7464 so Elizabeth brought up a good point because that was going to be one of the things we I talked about next. Fluoride is important for strengthening the teeth, but it can cause damage to the teeth and discoloration. Um, it's not very common. I don't are some people more predisposed to getting that than others, or is it not necessarily?
2: Not, not that I know, there are areas in the United States uh, in, in which the. the Local water is high, is really high in fluoride content, and those people have brown teeth. Yeah. They don't have cavities, but they have brown teeth.
1: But there are ways to get to help with that for cosmetic purposes. Yes,
2: there are all a number of cosmetic procedures that can be done, uh, any number from veneers to crowns to simple uh, uh, cosmetic bonding. Uh, when you touched on the, the fluorides uh, within the office of the pediatrician's you know, we in our practice for children routinely after a uh, prophylaxis cleaning and uh, x-ray and examination, uh, the hygien- a hygienist would apply a topical fluoride Be It uh, started out, it used to be trays, and now it's something that they can just just paint simply on paint on the teeth, yes. But it, it is something that every child uh, with developing teeth, you know, are, are exposed to.
1: So let's talk a little bit about flossing, because that is something that I was never good at growing up, even though you always preached it to us. Um, But now as an adult and having to have had many cavities fixed, (laughs) I do floss and I've been good about flossing for several years now. So tell us a little bit about why it is important to floss every single day.
2: Well, it's, uh, flossing is, is so important because the toothbrush does not clean between your teeth. The only thing that can, uh, cl- clean between your teeth is, is floss itself. And it's, uh, <sighs> Where most cavities are found. And and you'll notice uh, when you're in having a a prophylaxis cleaning, uh, we'll take what we call bite-wing x-rays, which shows between the teeth, where even the dentist can't see unless the cavity is big enough to to show. uh, Between your teeth is where most cavities start. And you can brush your teeth uh, on the outside and on the inside and on the top side, but if you're not getting in between your teeth, your, your exposure to developing decay is very very high um
1: yeah because you can get cavities in between your teeth too all the different surfaces of your teeth so. absolutely absolutely so another question that i feel like a lot of people ask is is mouthwash important do you have to do mouthwash is there any benefit to mouthwash
2: yes there is and before i get off of that flossing and there was something i wanted to say that i didn't say uh, uh Lack of flossing, and most people I ask that come in, I say, do you floss? And they'll say, well, you know, sometimes. Some people are just floss Nazis. You know, I I don't miss it. I do it all the time. But uh, most people will admit that they are a little slack when it comes to flossing. And what happens when you don't remove the bacteria between the teeth, not only do you get decay on the tooth, you get gum disease, which Mm -hmm. is called uh, gingivitis, uh, meaning the gums are Inflamed, or it can progress to periodontitis, which is where the bacteria eats down the root of the tooth below the gums, where you cannot clean it, and it eats the uh, bone away and causes the teeth to get loose, and also introduces um, pathogens into your bloodstream. And it's uh, it's a I saw a uh, study that's that linked uh, periodontal disease. Uh, to heart attacks as an equal to smoking cigarettes to lung cancer so that's how important it is to floss not only for cavities but also for your you know overall health
1: yeah yeah as internal medicine we do see that some in the hospital people coming in um, after recent dental procedures and that have not taken care of their teeth and a lot of times i know will do prophylactic antibiotics for certain situations but not everybody gets antibiotics before they get dental work and i i've seen it happen um people getting bacteria in their blood and ended up on their heart valves and in different places after having dental procedures done
2: yes if you if you had rheumatic fever when you were young or or you've or you've had any type of uh, um work done uh, to your heart valves, heart valves uh, you need a prophylactic uh, Um, dose of antibiotics before you go to see the dentist because even that little rubber prophy in 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 the presence of bacteria going around your mouth is going to cause a mild bit of bleeding unless you're just a tremendous brusher and flosser you're going to get a little bit of bleeding and and you don't want that because it'll go to the valves of the heart and cause an endocarditis which is very very serious
1: yeah so, um, but that's usually something your cardiologist will tell we'll you tell if you have to, yes. if you need those antibiotics. And those
2: people are well aware of it. Yeah. Yeah, they come in and they tell you, my my heart doctor said, and, and we know, there it's on their chart, that they, have you had your medicine an hour before you came? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay.
1: So tell us a little bit about the mouthwash and is that helpful? I mean, is it something worth trying because this, it's kind of hard for a kid to do mouthwash um, because you can't swallow it. You have to be able Correct. to Correct. Um, you know swish it in your mouth and be able to spit it out, which is probably not till they're about six, seven, eight years old before they truly can do that correctly. But what about our older kids and our adult patients? are, are mouthwashes beneficial?
2: Yes, it's, it's a good adjunct. You know, it doesn't replace, you know, you can't sit there and rinse your mouth with Listerine or or Scope or something like that and, and expect that to clean your teeth and kill the plaque. It does kill some plaque, you know, but it should be used in, in the order of brushing your teeth, flossing your teeth, and then using uh, the rinse. and And Listerine mouthwash has been proven to be as effective as chlorhexidine that we use in um, dental surgeries. I mean, it really does work well to kill bacteria. So if you use those uh, on a regular basis, uh, they can help you. Just be careful because a lot of them have a lot of alcohol in them. And you don't, uh, you, you got to be careful with that because it can burn. And, and with children, uh, now they've got bubblegum flavor and all these kind of uh, lesser, uh,
1: more
2: tasty more tasty thank yes. you that's more what I more enticing yes too. yes they're, they're more likely to, to rinse with that but like you say they need to be uh, explained to them that they don't want to swallow it no matter how good it tastes mm-hmm. just rinse your teeth and, and spit it out yeah
1: So we're talking today with Dr. Dan McLeod. He is a uh, dentist, and he is here to help us with any of our questions that you may have about your oral health, or maybe you have some tips out there for some things that you use for your children to help them with brushing their teeth. We would love to hear from you, so give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can also send us an email to kids at mpbonline.org.
0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
1: This is Southern Remedy Kids and Teens and MPB Think Radio. We've been talking today about oral health and the importance of oral health and prevention of cavities and why it's so important. And we have a dentist, Dr. Jan McLeod, on with us today, and he's here to answer any questions that you may have. So we would love to hear from you. Give us a call at one mpb ring That's one we have got a few callers, so we'll go next to Sarah. Thanks for calling today.
0: Hey, um, I'm calling about my child, actually. She is missing her permanent central mandibular incisors. Which, from what I understand, that's missing those two teeth is um, not very common, and can be a marker for genetic disorders. Is that something that you would recommend that I do genetic testing, or only if something else is going on?
2: Well, tell you the truth, Sarah, I'm not. I'm not familiar with the genetic side of that. I mean, I know that the most commonly congenitally missing teeth are lateral incisors usually the, right. the upper laterals or, or the lowers but the the lower centrals uh, has a as a pantograph been done where yes. and, and there were no tooth buds or anything forming
0: no there's nothing
2: and how old is she
0: she is seven okay about to be eight
2: so that would yeah they should be there by now uh, but um
1: I think I would, one thing I would do is start by talking to your pediatrician about, you mm-hmm. know, looking for any other abnormalities, because usually a genetic syndrome, they're going to have more than just one thing. That's why it's a syndrome, because it, it's usually got to have several different things. Maybe going eyes,
2: in. maybe teeth, maybe so hair. Yeah,
1: if if there's nothing else that the pediatrician has recognized as wrong, I think it's probably okay, you know, just to kind of keep a close monitoring. But there are plenty of genetic counselors out there where you don't actually have to see a geneticist that could go through a thorough history with you. And um, they could kind of talk you through the process if it would be beneficial to do a testing or anything like that. Um, but okay,
0: it- and they're genetic counselors that at yes,
1: there are some genetic counselors at Batson. Now, I will say the waiting list to get to see a geneticist yes,
0: is—I
1: sure. I mean, I, it may be over a year now because unfortunately we just don't have many geneticists anywhere in the country. It's—it's it's not a very common practice. Um, but you can, have, you can see the genetic counselor usually a lot faster than you can see the actual geneticist. And they help you go through a bunch of that kind of stuff. They go through your family history, and they, they take a good thorough history regarding your child, too. And so they can kind of help you counsel you on what kind of testing could be done and if it's need, needed. Sorry.
2: The, the, is she missing any more teeth Are you aware of?
0: No, just those two. She's also missing enamel
2: as well okay okay that's 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 going to be something you're going to need to stay on because that that right tremendously quick decay if you don't do that okay so yeah yeah.
1: well thank you for your help yeah thank you for your call okay we'll go next to william thanks for calling today
0: hi can you hear me yeah go ahead okay well y'all talked about using mouthwash and uh you didn't mention hydrogen peroxide.
2: So I just wanted to ask about that. Yeah, I know a lot of people, you know, that uh, use hydrogen peroxide. And as you know, a lot of the uh, dentifrices now that are out are a mixture of, of uh, baking soda, hydrogen peroxide. And that used to be the way gran- our grandparents used to brush their teeth. They would use baking soda and hydrogen peroxide. Uh, oh. But, yes, it's it's uh, the the Bacteria in the mouth that causes the problems are anaerobic bacteria, which are uh, grow in the absence of, of oxygen. And so, if you oxygenate those tissues with hydrogen peroxide, it it kills some of the bacteria. So that's a that's a very good point. But I personally would recommend to dilute the hydrogen peroxide. But I know a lot of my patients have told me, "Oh, I just do it straight." And, uh, and and they use it, not necessarily every time, but periodically. Yeah. 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 I usually dilute
0: it fifty-fifty. 50 Yeah. But uh, uh, let me ask you a, one follow-up question. Uh, uh, at one time, I was told that regular mouthwash like Listerine or something like that eliminates one kind of bacteria, and the hydrogen peroxide eliminates the other kind. And that when used together, it gets
2: all of it. Is that is that true? It sounds good. It sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I don't know that that's uh, you know, I don't know every type of bacteria. You can the mouth is a
1: uh, full of bacteria, full of
2: bacteria, <laughs> all different kinds. But so it, you know, I would imagine you get a pretty good foam going on when, when you mix listerine with uh, hydrogen peroxide. But uh, yeah, it probably probably be good.
0: Okay. Thank
1: you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for your call.
0: Okay. Yeah. Bye.
1: We're talking today about oral health. We would love to hear from you. So if you have any questions, give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Talking about real quick about the bacteria in the mouth, you know. They, when we're treating like dog bites, human bites, actually the human bites are worse. It's actually worse mm-hmm. than a dog bite because of the, bacteri- the amount of bacteria that we have in our mouths as humans and in our saliva. It's actually more dangerous for a human bite, and we, we always pro- give antibiotics for a human bite if it's deep enough. So. so we'll go next to Lisa. Thanks for calling, Lisa.
0: Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Good morning. Yeah, what's going on today? Well, I have a question regarding the overall coloration of teeth. I have three children, and two of them seem to have more of a yellowish cast to their teeth than my first child. It's more her teeth are, are give a whiter appearance. And I had one dentist suggest that it's the dentin um, is what gives the coloration to your teeth. Now, kids with the more of a yellower cast are obviously not as happy with their teeth. They want to have a brighter smile. And I guess I'm wondering, is there anything they can actually do for that?
2: Well, you know, they've got all types of of whiteners out on the market nowadays. Uh, And and quite frankly, probably too many that people use and abuse and some of the strangest things you heard. But the uh, the dentist is correct. The, The true color of the tooth comes from the, uh, from the dentin and is, tra- is translucent light goes through the enamel and hits the dentin and is reflected back. That's why it's so difficult to match a, a crown that you're trying to match to a natural tooth. If, if it's that's if you got a ceramic crown, you get the translucency. If you've got a porcelain fused to metal, you you get none. But teeth are anywhere uh, from a blue spectrum all the way to the the brown and and all the shades in between there, and that's why it's it's so difficult for dentists to, to, to come up with a cosmetic shade that matches precisely. But um, the, I would say some of these whitening strips might be a simple way to address that and see if they can get that. But different people actually- – i'm sorry Is, go, no, go is ahead. that
0: actually safe in the, the long term to use a product like that Does that well the enamel over time
2: yes that, well it? there you hit right on it right there i mean you no one should do that uh for extended periods of time without stopping you know i would recommend having a, a short uh, exposure to it and then do it again at a later day and do it again in a later date now I, I used to see young girls when it first came out when the Chris strips first came out that would come in and they uh were using them morning going to, to school and when they came home they were using them and sleeping in them all night long and the main thing that you get there is a tremendous sensitivity of the teeth you know they become very very sensitive because what they're doing is they're Desiccating the uh, the enamel, they are drying out the enamel, so uh, they they do damage the enamel. So um, that would not be something that I would recommend to do long term. But I think they could try, probably try that and see.
1: Kind of intermittently, yeah,
2: intermittently, and just uh, see see what they see for results. Okay. But but be aware that the sensitivity does come with it, regardless. All
1: right. I appreciate your thoughts. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for your call. So we'll go next to Debbie. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for calling.
0: You touched on my subject um, somewhat about the anaerobic bacteria. Mm-hmm. I religiously, brush, floss, um, I use the hydrogen peroxide and all this. I had repeated abscessed teeth, repeated root canals what would make someone more
2: prone to have anaerobic bacteria well i don't think they're more prone to it they are that's the natural flora of the mouth are you a smoker i am okay well, that's 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 a really uh major player in in periodontal disease and exposing uh the flora to the uh bacteria in, in the beneath the gums and causes uh, bone loss and tooth loss. So I would, I would say just quit smoking, but I know how hard that is. You know, that's, that's one of the hardest things people have to do, that and dipping.
0: Well, you know. this actually started when I was a teenager and not a smoker.
2: Okay. Yeah, well... Yeah, were you really uh, religious about your brushing and flossing at that point in time, Debbie?
0: Absolutely. I carried a toothbrush and floss with me everywhere I went. Wow. I mean, it just, it, but it started, you know, I mean, I was like 13 or 14 when all of this started.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it just it just made me wonder what would make someone more prone to having anaerobic bacteria. I mean, I lived on antibiotics for four straight years. This did not clear up until I was put on clintomycin. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, it sounds to me like there's a, a, a probably a, a relationship. When did you start smoking?
0: Oh, my gosh. Um, I started, I quit for 15 years, and I started again. So I guess probably close to my 30s, and then I quit, and then started again. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, just... just Continue to do you're doing what you can do are you seeing a periodontist have you ever have you been to a, get, gotten a periodontal examination oh,
0: oh my gosh I've been to periodontists and uh, <laughs> to a lot of
2: yeah 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 yeah
0: it? but it just it just is um I don't know is that just something that more people are prone to naturally
2: not, to not that through? not that I'm aware of but I, I do tell my, my periodontal patients that they need to be seen more often than regularly, when uh, Doctor McLeod was asking, I, you know, I said it, cleanings twice a year is is ideal. If you can get it more than that, uh, if you've got a problem, and and usually periodontal patients are seen three times a year to well, four times a year.
0: Yeah, it was four times a year. Yeah, yeah I was always getting the cleanings every three months.
2: Well, you're doing what you can do, and I, I would.
0: But since I was started on the clindamycin, I have not had a problem since.
2: Well, that that sounds like we've hit on something there. So I think you need just, to stay I on just that. I wondered
0: if that might be something in the diet or something that might contribute. I,
1: I don't know of anything, but I no. mean, I, I think it, our diet definitely plays a role in a lot of the disease processes we have. I don't think we have a, enough information on that yet in research, but I, I would be wouldn't be surprised if 10-15 years from now we had a lot more data on that and the different changes in our diet that have led to inflammatory problems and different disease processes that we experience now
2: absolutely i don't know
1: anything now but i wouldn't be surprised if something comes up
2: yeah but if if you're back to smoking you may want to go to chantix or something along those lines and see if you can eliminate one of those causative factors
0: Maybe I'll just go to Xanax and be calm. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, that, that's another choice, I guess.
1: <laughs> well, thank you so much, Debbie. I'm sorry you're experiencing that, but it sounds like you're doing everything right. So hopefully oh, you. you'll get thank some. Thank
0: Yeah.
1: Thank you, Debbie. Thanks for your you're call. Welcome. We'll go next to Teresa. Thank you for calling today. Hi there. I'm going to go back to your earlier
0: question answer about, um, the uh, powered toothbrushes, yes, and, and you mentioned that the rotary was better. And I kind of paused because I've had two dentists tell me to use, uh, um, what do you call it? Like a sonic where it does the real fast motion. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, are they selling them in their office? No because <laughs> because because we used to sell them in our office and 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 oh, you know no. but it, it it just depended what um you know the, a mechanical toothbrush whether it's the the up and down mechanical motion or whether it's the rotary um i have just found that the rotary yeah, it seems to do a, a better job, and, you know, because
0: with your with your
2: patience. Yes, with patience. Okay. Yes, yes, definitely. It 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 seems to the circular motion when you're unless you have your hygienist when you get cleaned should give you all hygiene instructions and teach you the proper angle to put that tooth brush
0: to Oh yeah yeah, yeah I I'm, I'm, I'm 64. So. <laughs> yeah.
2: So you've been yeah, down that road. Yeah. Well yeah, a lot yeah. a lot of people just brush the brush the side of the tooth and they don't angle that toothbrush up to get below the gums. And even mm-hmm. with the mechanical up and down, it's you're just mimicking the the toothbrush that you're using in your hand. And if you use the rotary and approach the neck of the mm-hmm. tooth up at the gums, it It goes under the gum and and removes, I see, in my eyes a little bit better.
0: Well, darn, I have to tell my sister she was right. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like most of the
1: time Mm -hmm. when we go get our teeth cleaned, that's the device that they use is is rotary. So it is, is it is. It is. That's
0: correct. All right. You took care of that question. Thank you very
1: much. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for your call. Bye bye. Bye. we've got a few more minutes, and so if you have any questions for the dentist, please give us a call one eight seven seven m p b ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four so we've had lots of questions, and thank you for all our callers. A few things I wanted to kind of get to because I feel like um happens a lot especially during the summertime playing ball playing outside um, teeth get knocked out and um, I still remember thankfully you were our coach for softball Mm. um, years ago and we had a, a girl get her tooth knocked out right there on the softball field and I'm sure that has not the only time that has happened that probably happens every weekend at these baseball tournaments softball tournaments soccer games everything and even just playing on the playground so what would you tell somebody to do if they were out and about and their kid's tooth gets knocked out what is something quick that they can do
2: well <clears throat> first let me say that you know the the mouth is extremely vascular i mean, it's got a lot of blood supply coming to it so when you take a blow to the mouth uh, you're going to get a lot of blood coming out and it It really looks a lot worse than it is most times. Now, the incident you were talking about, uh, this poor girl had a ball hit her directly in the mouth and uh, knocked four teeth out. Uh, And she had on braces, and it had been uh, three weeks of no rain, and there was about four inches of dust, and we could only scavenge two teeth out of the dust. We couldn't find the other two. But... uh, What you need to do if you've got uh, a bleeding situation like that is apply some pressure, preferably some cold pressure to it, uh, and calm the person down because they're going to be freaking out. So calm them down, keep the pressure on there, and, and get it as clean as you can to see it. And try and find that tooth. And if you can, get a very gentle rinse off of the tooth. You don't want any dirt and grass on the tooth. And, uh, of course, the old adage was put it in some milk. If you mm-hmm. add some milk. Uh, very rarely you are going to find people drinking milk at the ballpark. <laughs> but um, but if you can keep that tooth wrapped cold, and uh, the key to that is kind of like a stroke, is how, how quickly can you get it uh put back in you know how how quickly can you get the uh, problem addressed um if you can put it back in there which most people will not have the um it'll be a little too queasy to to do something like that and and honestly you shouldn't really try because you might put it in backwards it's really hard to tell with a front tooth if you if you don't know teeth you may put it in backwards but uh, you can re-implant those and put those in just understand that what happens when you take a blow like that, uh, the nerve supply and the blood supply to the tooth comes at the very root of the tooth and goes up into the tooth. Well, when you knock the tooth out, you've severed the blood supply and you've severed uh, the nerve supply. So the tooth will probably die. Uh, not necessarily. I've seen some strange ones that didn't through the years that never died. Now, they, they uh, calcified and the uh, nerve chamber nerve chamber, just became uh, all dentin, and there was no nerve left in the tooth. But the tooth generally will discolor and go dark. It might even abscess at a later date. And, it's, and I tell people it's kind of like a time bomb. You know, you, you may get lucky, you may not, but, but there are ways to maintain the space and heal the situation and come back with an implant. Or you can... And when you go to a dentist as quick as you can, and when he puts it in, he can stabilize it with um, some um, composite resin and and keep the tooth from moving. But uh, it it's a uh, it's like mainly it's it's something that scares people to death because there's so much blood. So if you can manage that and manage the patient, gather th- everything up and get to the dentist as quickly as possible. But
1: it is okay to if you can try to put it back in.
2: Yes, just make sure you got it right side out yeah and yeah
1: so what real quickly because we only have like 30 seconds left but if uh, say it doesn't get knocked out but it does get knocked pretty good and then you notice that it's discolored um what's something that they could do if it, especially if it's a kid without permanent teeth they shouldn't try to pull it or do anything to it right
2: are you talking a baby tooth a baby tooth well normally if you're young three and four, the good Lord knew what he was doing when he made children because he's got the premaxilla, the front, the upper part of the jaw is very soft and molding because they know they're going to fall. So if you can, gently push it back into a line. And just have them bite their teeth together and sit there, and it'll tighten back up. Yeah, because we... you're probably going to die.
1: Yeah, it may die, but you want to keep that space if you can. Absolutely. So so that eventually, when the permanent teeth come in, you've had that space maintained, so you won't have so many problems down the road.
2: Absolutely.
1: Well, thanks so much for coming on today and answering all our questions. My I really pleasure. appreciate it. Um, and thank you everyone for calling in today with your great questions. And hopefully we have answered some of your questions that you had. This has been Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. It's a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and Think Radio and is funded in part by Grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and generous support from listeners like you. Today's show is engineered by Jay White. I'm Dr. Morgan McLeod. Join us next Thursday at 11 for Southern Remedy Kids and Teens. And stay tuned for NPR's Here and Now coming up next on NPR. MP- think radio.